Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi there, Josh Raymond here with you, and so glad to have you listening to The Inner Life today here on this Tuesday of the third week of Easter. And I want to let you know about something that we've got coming up here uh, this Friday. We're going to start a novena here on The Inner Life to St. Joseph, because the following Saturday, nine days after this upcoming Friday, nine days later, that's Saturday, May 1st, that's the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And so I want to invite you to pray that novena to St. Joseph with me. Uh, I've shared some uh, stories about how St. Joseph has worked some miracles in my life, and he's just such a powerful intercessor, and I'd like to pray with you for whatever you need. And so if you'd like to send your uh, prayer intentions, your prayer uh, requests into the show— then you can email me, innerlife at relevantradio.com. I'm not going to share them on the air. I'll just have the list of the different intentions as they come in, and I've already seen many come through from several of you that have sent those through already. Um, But send those through, and then join me at the beginning of each show for those nine days. Then we'll pray that novena together. And the novena prayer, you can find it on the Relevant Radio app under the devotion section uh, in the Pray tab. And you can also sign up for the Year of St. Joseph. Uh, Pope Francis is declared this the year of St. Joseph. So um, if you sign up for that at RelevantRadio.com, we'll send you a booklet with a bunch of different prayers and devotions uh, to St. Joseph, but one of them in there will be that novena prayer as well. And so again, if you have any of those prayers you'd like to have added to what we're praying for together for this novena to St. Joseph, then you can go ahead and email those to us here at innerlife at RelevantRadio.com. And let me ask you, uh, when you were young, Did you have those times where you were hesitant about approaching your mother or your father to ask for something that you wanted? Asking about an everyday thing, that might have been fine, but if you wanted to go someplace special or maybe you wanted to buy something, that one thing that maybe your mom or dad would see as a waste of your money, were you intimidated to go and ask your mom and dad about that? Would you wait until maybe they were in a good mood before asking? Or would you try and find a time where... They were distracted. They were working on something else, and you could maybe sneak that request in there, hoping that they wouldn't maybe realize everything that you were asking. They would just say yes, so you'd go away and stop distracting them from whatever project or whatever task that they were working on at that point, you know, whatever was so much more important at that time. Did you have that one parent that was more likely to say yes when you asked for something? Or did you have a sibling, a brother or a sister, that for some reason could always get your mom or dad to respond more favorably? And so maybe you'd, you'd enlist their services in asking that request. Well, in our house with my kids, uh, they regularly send their younger siblings in to ask for things from me or from my wife. And the older kids will usually send whichever brother or sister is in that age range of about four to seven years old. 
I think they stick to this age range for a few different reasons. One is they need someone, it has to be four years old or above, because they need someone who's able to communicate the request properly, and they can't get all the details mixed up. So that's that's part of that. But then there's also, prior to being seven or eight years old, the little brother or the little sister, they might not realize that they're being used by that older sibling. And if they get any older, they might say, no, I'm not going to go do that. Go do it yourself. Go, you, you go ask the question. And, of course, then the younger kid asking, um, the younger they are, I think there's that cuteness factor that the older sibling is relying on. And then there's also the fact that the older sibling doesn't have to deal with any face-to-face rejection if the answer is no to whatever they're, they're asking for. But then the kids will also play to things that we like. You know, my wife likes chocolate, and so if she's out at the grocery store with one of the kids, when they get up to the checkout line, if that child then asks, hey, can we get a candy bar? I'll split it with you. My wife is probably fairly likely to say yes and let them choose one to buy. Now, that wouldn't work with me. I don't buy a lot of chocolate. I don't buy a lot of candy. But if we're passing the bakery section with the donuts on display there in the grocery store, and if one of the kids asks, hey, could we get a couple of donuts? I might think about it for a second or two. But their odds are pretty good that I'll give in and buy some donuts for us. But even in those moments, when the kids are playing to something that I like or my wife likes, If one of our kids has their younger brother or sister along with them in the store and we're walking along and they want to ask something, they might fall a few steps back, you know, kind of pull on the sleeve of their brother or sister, pull them back and just just drift a little further behind us and whisper to that younger sibling, prodding them to ask the question for whatever they want. And it's funny to me how this has been fairly consistent with all of our kids through the years, and it's something they just do. I don't think there's a lot of thought that goes into it, you know? Uh, They just ask their little brother or their little sister to go and ask the parent on their behalf. They don't have any sort of research or, you know, data or how this particular sibling asking this particular parent at this particular time about this particular desired item or, you know, event it'll evoke a more favorable response than if they just ask themselves. For some reason, they just kind of intuitively think it will go better if they have someone else ask for them. And we have that same sort of approach as Catholics, don't we? We ask God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the things that we need for those certain requests. But we also know that Jesus has some special friends, the saints, and he has close family members, Mary, Joseph, John the Baptist. And When we're asking for something in prayer, it's pretty natural. We're going to ask some of Jesus' friends or his family to ask him about it for us as well. And on the whole, we Catholics, we seem to approach Mary the most in this regard. So today, we want to talk about praying the rosary and looking to Mary for her intercession. We want to discuss how we can grow in our love and our devotion to her as she wants to lead us to her son. And so as we talk today, I want to ask, how has praying the rosary changed you? Maybe you've never prayed the rosary before, or maybe it was something that you did once when you were a kid, or it was something that, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't. Well, I hope this hour will enlighten you and encourage you to begin praying the rosary in your own life. But if you've prayed the rosary for any amount of time on a regular basis, you've probably seen the results of praying. 
Have you grown in the virtues of faith, of hope, of charity? Have you become a more patient person? Has praying the rosary helped you to remain pure, to remain chaste? Has it helped you to maybe overcome an addiction? Has it helped you to save your marriage or heal a relationship? How has Our Lady's intercession brought about that transformation in your life? Has that miracle happened in your life? Well, we're going to look at praying the rosary today with the help of one of our spiritual directors, Father Ed Broom. He is a priest of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He serves as associate pastor in St. Peter Chanel Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California. Father Broom, it's so nice to have you back here on The Inner Life. And I thought, you know, today it might be nice to start out, before we even dive into looking at praying the rosary, just devotion to our Blessed Mother. Why is devotion to our Blessed Mother so important in the life of a Catholic? It is so very important uh, because that's really what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ wants. I mean, our Lord decided to come into the world through the most pure Blessed Virgin Mary, he chose that that was the means by which he would realize his incarnation. And um, when you're talking with uh, uh, non-Catholics, even some Catholics, I like to, I, I like to specify a relationship uh, with God, Mary, and the saints using a little bit of theology. And the words that we use are, our relationship with God is called latria. And that means that we praise, we adore, we worship the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then we have uh, the word dulia. Dulia means veneration. And we venerate uh, the saints. But related to uh, Mary, we have what is called hyperdulia. And hyperdulia is a technical Greek word, which means we give the, the highest veneration. We give We give it to... Mary, because of her sublime role in the economy of salvation. Think about the fact that Mary was chosen uh, among all women to have the highest role in the economy of salvation after Jesus Christ. Of all the titles that we can give to Mary, that of Theotokos, which means the God-bearer, the title Mary as Mother of God is the most sublime of all of the titles that we can give to Mary. And every time we say the Hail Mary, we say, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Every time Mary hears that word, Holy Mary, Mother of God, she rejoices. And just uh, returning to your um, your pretty good example of your children and the way they approach you and your wife for certain things, uh, probably the best biblical verse we could use, and this is, biblic- this is uh, one of the mysteries of the Rosary, would be the um, second luminous mystery of the wedding feast of Cana. In this we see our Lord at a wedding banquet and um, they ran out of wine and Mary was able to pick up this uh, embarrassing situation and uh, she sees the, the real problem there and she turns to Jesus and says, Lord, there's no more wine. Jesus says, what is that for me and for you? My hour is not yet arrived, and then Mary says to Jesus, do whatever he tells you. And uh, Mary speaks seven times in sacred scripture. The last two times she speaks are at the wedding feast of Cana. There's no more wine, and then uh, do whatever he tells you. And we know what happens. They they bring the um, six jars filled with water, and Jesus uh, 
turns the water into wine, and it was uh, the best quality of wine. Now, could our Lord have done that anyway? Of course he could have. Uh, our Lord could, could have done that even without the presence of his Blessed Mother, but he purposely did it through the presence of Mary. And Mary was very attentive to the situation. She had her eyes open. She's very kind. She was in, in contact with people. Uh, she wanted help. Uh, that would have been a very embarrassing situation if the um, the married couple didn't have, didn't have wine to give to the guests. It would have been very embarrassing. Mary saved them from hu- huge embarrassment. And then... Um, the, the the last word the last words of Mary in the gospel were those words do whatever he tells you and to be honest that is the best advice in the whole world if we could simply adv- obey those few words do whatever he tells you there would be peace in the world there would be harmony because what Mary is really saying is we have to focus in our lives, we have to focus on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Mary does not uh, place an obstacle on our union with Christ, but rather Mary is a bridge to Jesus, and Jesus is a bridge to the Father. And as um, one of the greatest, greatest Marian saints, we have... Uh, in the world, his name is St. Louis de Montfort, in his uh, classic True Devotion Mary, St. Louis de Montfort says that Mary is the quickest, easiest, and the most secure pathway to Jesus is through his mother, most, uh, his mother Mary Most Holy. And um, one of the reasons why Mary's prayers are so efficacious is also because as a result of the Immaculate Conception, Mary was conceived without the stain of original sin, and Mary lived an impeccable life, which means during the very moment of her conception, Immaculate Conception in the womb of St. Anne, until Mary was assumed into heaven, Mary never resisted grace, never resisted an inspiration. Mary was totally docile and open to um, all the workings of the Holy Spirit, the workings of grace. So Mary Mary puts no obstacle between herself and God. Whereas, it, whereas even the best of us, even the best of us, we're all sinners. We do sin, which is saying no to God. We do resist inspirations because of our own selfishness and our own, our own desires. We place them before God. But Mary never... Even one second did she ever say no to resisting God's grace. Therefore, having a vessel that's so pure, so innocent, so open, so transparent, so loving, so compassionate, so so pure, God cannot uh, God cannot resist uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary when she um, turns and and asks. Uh, on our behalf, so uh, as I said earlier, we're not we're not placing uh, Mary above God. We place God first, and that's really what Latria means. Whether we uh, we we adore the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but in all of creation, in all of creation, Mary is the highest, and she we address her um, 
as the mother of God, the, the technical theological term is called hyperdolia. So um, I really feel it's, it's, it's difficult to really have a loving relationship with, uh, with the Trinity if we don't have a relationship to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, St. Louis de Montfort will go on to say that he, he who does not have Mary as mother does not have God as father. I mean, that's pretty strong language, but uh, it's so true. And de Montfort will go on to point out, not only is uh, Mary related to the Son, but Mary is the, Mary is the daughter of God the Father, Mary is the mother of God the Son, and Mary is the, she's the mystical spouse of the Holy Spirit. So she's the, she's the living temple of the Blessed Trinity. And uh, if we have her close to us, uh, praying with us, praying for us, we have a very par- powerful advocate before the throne of God. Right. Yeah, that's Andy. one of uh, the things that I always remember that our executive director here, Father Rocky, uh, executive director for Relevant Radio, he'll say quite commonly is it's always good to have uh, friends in high places. And so if you have Mary on your side, you've got a great friend who is there next uh, next to her son, you know, highest place in the world. So uh, our spiritual director today is Father Ed Broom. He is a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary and associate pastor at St. Peter Chanel Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California. And we're talking about not only devotion to our Blessed Mother, but coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to dive into praying the rosary, some of the history of the rosary, how we can make it uh, a, a deeper prayer experience in our own lives, and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that and some of the different things that maybe we find that, uh, you know, get become distractions as we're trying to have that prayer time of the rosary, praying through the beads. And how has the rosary, how has praying the rosary impacted your life? Have you grown in your patience, in your kindness, have you seen that the rosary has helped you overcome certain habits or addictions? Has it helped you remain pure and chaste in your life? Has it helped to save your marriage or heal a relationship? We'd love to hear how praying the rosary has made that difference, that transformation in your life. You can give us a call here at the studio, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com, and we'll have more here on the rosary on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Ed Broom, a priest of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. And we're talking about Marian devotion, but more specifically, we want to talk about praying the rosary and how that has made a difference in our lives. Or maybe you're just being introduced to 
praying the rosary. It's something that, you know, I've heard about it. I, I remember praying it once as a kid, but uh, why, why is this something that is so loved by Catholics? Why is it this devotion, this sacramental that Catholics seem to go back to time and time again? And that's what we're talking about here. If praying the rosary has made that difference in your life, if you've seen that transformation, we'd love to hear your story on how the rosary, how our ladies intercess, intercession, intercessory prayers, how that has made that difference in your life. And our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father Broom, um, just really quickly here, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but my understanding of the history of the beads of the rosary is that they were originally used by monks many centuries ago to pray through the Psalms. There's 150 Psalms in the Scripture in the Old Testament, and there's 50 beads, so three circuits through the rosary beads would uh, take care of praying through all the different Psalms. But at some point it was adopted for praying the Hail Mary and, you know, came to where we currently know it, where you start with the Our Father, you have 10 Hail Marys that you pray there on the 10 beads and wind up uh, each decade with a Glory Be, and sometimes you'll add in that Fatima prayer, the Oh My Jesus prayer that a lot of us know now. Um, Do you know much of the history of how we got to where we are now with the Rosary, how that transformation happened from the Psalms to the current use? Yeah, the monks, uh, the monks will be praying the 150 Psalms, and uh, uh, it's called the Liturgy of the Hours today. It's called the Breviary, and they would be praying 150 Psalms. And uh, eventually it, it evolved into uh, praying the Psalter of Mary, which is called the Rosary. And the person that really promoted it far and wide was the person of St. Dominic. Uh, St. Dominic, who um, back in the 1200s had a fight against a, uh, a real heresy that was... Uh, spreading like wildfire throughout Europe, and that was called the Albigensian heresy. And Dominic was preaching against Albigensian heresy, and then uh, the Blessed Mother appeared to him and said, I would really like you to preach the the Most Holy Rosary. So St. Dominic started to preach the Holy Rosary, and there were radical transformations and conversions of uh, Catholics who became Albigensians, which was a religious sect, and many of them were returning uh, to the Catholic faith, but it was through the, through the mystery of the rosary. And then they were able to put together in time the uh, classical scheme in which you have the, the joyful mysteries, the sorrowful mysteries, and then you have the glorious mysteries. But it was just in the year 2002 when Pope John Paul II, inspired by the Holy Spirit, decided that there was, uh, there was really a missing link in the sense that you had the, the joyful mysteries jumping to the sorrowful mysteries. So you're jumping from the private life of our Lord uh, in his infancy. You're jumping from there all the way to his passion and death. But what about the, um, what about the public life of Christ? So John Paul II, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he decided to incorporate the the five luminous mysteries in the rosary, and that's just uh, just about 18, 18 years ago, nineteen years ago, that John Paul II incorporated these beautiful luminous mysteries in in his uh, apostolic letter, the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary. So, really, what you have now, you've got the twenty mysteries of the rosary, which are a really excellent summary 
of the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with the Blessed Virgin Mary at his side. You've got the mysteries of the Incarnation, which focus upon Christmas, the birth of Christ. Then you have the Luminous Mysteries, uh, which is a good summary of the public ministry of our Lord from the Baptism, the Wedding Feast of Cana, the Proclamation of the Kingdom, Transfiguration, and the Institution of the Eucharist. And that leads you right into the into the sorrowful mysteries. And, um, of course, uh, the glorious mysteries in these wonderful days up until Pentecost where we're focusing a lot upon the these beautiful these beautiful glorious mysteries. So yeah, the the history led up to the fifteen mysteries in just a, a relatively short time. You've got the luminous mysteries, which I, I find the luminous mysteries be just I love them. They're so they're so beautiful and um so uh, yeah that's kind of a in a nutshell the the history of where we're at now with respect to the rosary. Well, so one of the other things, you know, you've you've hit on a lo- uh, all of the different uh, mysteries there, but one of the other things that is fairly uh, unique and distinctive, as opposed to some of the other things that we might do while we're praying, a lot of times if we're praying, we're using vocal prayer. Um, there will be other times where we might just uh, do more of a contemplative or meditative prayer, but the rosary incorporates both of those. Maybe we can spend just a little bit of time. We've got a lot of calls on, on uh, you know, hold here, so I want to get to our callers. But if we can talk about how the the complementarity of both vocal prayer and that contemplative prayer that are being used in the rosary. Yes. I think it can incorporate a lot of different types of prayer. You've got vocal prayer, you've got mental prayer, you've got contemplative prayer, you've got affective prayer, you've got prayer of union. I think you have those five different dimensions of prayer according to Teresa of Avila, different forms of prayer. Um, Josh, I, I think probably the best thing to read that fleshes this out is St. Louis de Montfort's... Uh, he's, he wrote True Devotion to Mary, but also he wrote... One of the best books ever written on the rosary is called The Secret of the Rosary. And uh, de Montfort compares the rosary to the human person. We have a body and we have a soul. That's the composite of the human person. We have a body, the physical part, and we have the soul, the spiritual dimension. De Montfort says that the rosary is body and soul. And he says that the body would be the vocal prayer which you mentioned, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, and the Fatima Prayer, and, and we end with the Hail Holy Queen. That's, uh, that's the body of it, and it's called vocal prayer, in which we are vocalizing, we are articulating our prayer by, by words. And then um, de Montfort goes on to point out that the soul of the rosary would be the contemplation of the mysteries. And de Montfort says that the words uh, that we're praying, we don't always have to be, be focusing upon the words, but he says that's like background music. It's like a, a symphony. It's background music, which is kind of setting the stage uh, for the vocal prayer. But we have to strive, we have to, strive to focus upon uh, the mysteries of the rosary, and uh, one of your one of the questions that you wrote in preparation for our conversation was, are there any helps? And um, I think it's a good idea to buy 
the pictures of the 20 Mrs. the Rosary. I've got in in my room, I've got the 20 graphic pictures of the Mrs. the Rosary so that when we're praying the Rosary, we can actually be looking at those mysteries and we try to become a part of the scene. Uh, St. Ignatius Loyola calls it composition of place, where we, uh, in prayer, it's kind of like going to the movies in this sense. In the movies, you, you're sitting in front of a screen and you're watching the movie, but you're a passive spectator. Whereas in contemplative prayer, you become an active participant. So there's a difference in that. You actually want to become part of that scene. And the more you become part of the life of Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, we start to imitate the people that we're associating with. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, we, we start to practice more virtue. You know, the, the bad habits that we had in the past, we couldn't seem to overcome them. The more we get closer to the light, the more that dispels darkness. The more we walk in harmony with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, there's no presence in our lives for evil when we're walking with the three holiest that ever lived on on the face of the earth. So um, yeah, if, it, if you're just saying the, the rosary with the words without focusing upon the mysteries, then it's kind of like you've got the body without the soul. And the body has to have the soul, otherwise it's a corpse. We have to have both body and soul. Right. So that... Yeah, the the book I wanted to mention again. You th- you threw that uh, book, the title out there, and it's the Secret of the Rosary by Saint Louis de yeah. Montfort, and um, it, it's a fairly short book too. I mean, it, I've got it on my shelf at home, and I can't remember. It's been a while since I've I've read through it, but I want to say there's only maybe like forty or fifty, maybe fifty five different reflections. It's something that you could just re- read one of them every morning over the course of a month and a half or two months, and be able to just take that in as kind of a daily start for uh, for each day as you reflect and and incorporate some of the different uh, thoughts that that Saint Louis de Montfort has on the Rosary. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's not long. Uh, yeah, each chapter is is uh, two or three pages, and he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of beautiful stories on the power of the rosary. He'll often he'll have uh, someone that was um, tormented, attacked, or even possessed by the devil, and uh, the Montfort will go on to say, "You start to pray the rosary, and you know the the, the devil just uh, disappears because you mm-hmm. cannot have." the Blessed Mother and the Devil at the same time. You know, the word Guadalupe actually means she who crushes the, the head of the head of the serpent. So, yeah, I, I, I always strive uh, to, to get people to do good reading because um, once we start to illuminate, illuminate our minds, uh, then we're able to know the truth and the truth will set us free. So that's a, that's a classic that really uh, should be read if we really want to get to know uh, some beautiful stories of the power of the the Most Holy Rosary in our lives, yes. All right. Speaking of the power of the Rosary in our lives, Father Broom, let's go to the phones. We've got a lot of people who uh, yeah. want to talk about how the Rosary has made that difference in their lives. We've got Brother David, who's listening in Colorado. Hi, Brother. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hello. How are you? Good. How has the Great. Rosary made a difference in your life? Um, well, I was living in a, a Catholic Byzantine monastery in Syria uh, for eight years from 2010 to 2018. And during that time, uh, I was kidnapped by 
Muslim soldiers, and they were taking me out in the desert. And um, I was devoted to the rosary. Uh, kind of in my community, I insisted on it a lot and kind of annoyed people because some people would say, oh, that's not part of our tradition and things like that. But um, I remember when they took me, I, w I felt this tremendous peace come over me and and I wasn't at all afraid. And um, as they took me from one rendition camp to another, they were transporting me. I was praying the rosary. And I was looking at the beauty of the mountains. Uh, these are the anti-Lebanese mountains in between, on the border of Syria and Lebanon. And I was thinking of that beautiful psalm that says that, blessed are those who go on pilgrim paths and they walk through the valley of the Becca and they make their way to the God of gods in Zion. And this Becca means cry, to cry in Arabic, but it also... Um, it also means uh it also is the is the valley where um the it's the most fertile valley in Lebanon so it's uh, those who weep uh and so in tears will weep rejoicing and I was meditating on that as I prayed the rosary and I heard this voice tell me sing and uh I'm not much of a singer so I was thinking wow I'm going crazy now that I'm hearing voices but I just heard the voice again kind of gently tell me to sing. And there was um, five other soldiers in the car at that time. And they only spoke Arabic. And there was a captain who was driving. And um, so I started to sing what, what I would have normally sang had I been in the monastery. Uh, because it was the Monday after Easter in 2013. And I started to sing the Troparion of the resurrection that is sung in all the eastern churches in the in the uh, in the world and so in arabic it goes like this al masihu qam min bayn al amwat wa wati al maut bil maut wa wahab al hayat lil ladina fil qubur which means christ is risen from the dead he destroyed death by his death and he gave life to those who are in the grave and so the um you might have heard it in Greek, it's Christos Anesti. And so uh, they sing it, you know, on Easter morning, but throughout the whole Easter season. And it was interesting because they were all Muslims and they said, we've never heard anything like that before. Uh, which means sing it, sing it again. So I said, Al-Masihu kama min bayn al-amwat wa wati al-mahuta bil maut and the uh, I'll never forget the the general. He turned around and he looked at me, and uh, he stopped the car. And uh, he turned around the car, and I and I said, "Where are we going?" And he said, "نحن رايحين رجعين إلى الدار وراح يحركه." We will set you free. We're going back to the monastery. That is just such a remarkable story, Brother David. And Father Broom, as you're listening to that, I mean, you know, just even having that ability, it, it makes me think of, uh, you know, seeing people in an airplane, you know, maybe they're a little nervous to get on the plane or, you know, walking down uh, a park path, uh, a hiking path, holding that rosary. 
it's a it's a visible witness, and just like Brother David was talking about, being able to pray that rosary, but then being able to sing out the praises of Jesus, of, of Jesus' resurrection, having that public witness, it can really make a huge impact on those around us. It, it can be a, n- a nerve-wracking thing to do to know that, okay, I might draw attention to myself by this, but that uh, that makes that big impact on somebody when they see you, and especially when they see that genuine, heartfelt faith and devotion to our Lord. You know, what occurs to me is um, in the apostolic letter of Pope John Paul II, um, the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary, he mentions several saints that had great devotion to Mary. He mentions um, St. Therese, St. Louis de Montfort. He mentions uh, Padre Pio. He mentions St. Maximilian Colby. But he mentions another person that's less known, and he's a blessed, and the name of this person is Blessed Bartolo Longo. And the um, history between this Blessed Bartolo Longo was he was a young man brought up and raised in Naples as a Catholic, and uh, when he went to the university, he lost his faith, and he uh, had contact with a group of um, Satanists. So he got really immersed in Satanism, and so much so that he actually became a Satanic priest in um, in, uh, in this group. And um, there was a, a Dominican priest that was praying the rosary for him, fasting for him, and as a result of that, reading through his life, Longo decided he would go back to confession he went back to confession after a long time, made a good sacramental confession, and then um, the, the devil attacked him, basically saying, you have sold your soul to me, you belong to me. Then uh, the Blessed Mother intervened, and, he, and she said to Bartolo Longo, if you want to be saved, pray the rosary, and propagate the rosary. And he heard this this soft but insistent voice, if you want to be saved, pray the rosary and propagate the rosary. So he rejected the temptation of the devil. He pulls out the rosary, and he starts to pray the rosary. And not only that, but he starts to propagate the rosary. And to make a long story short, he got permission of the bishop to to establish um, the Rosary in Our Lady of Pompeii, where you have one of the most famous Marian sanctuaries dedicated to the Rosary in the whole world. And he died, he was a layperson, he died in the, uh, in the order of sanctity, and he is now Blessed Bartolo Longo. Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict, and Pope Francis, all of them have made pilgrimages to Our Lady of Pompeii in Naples, praying to a lady the rosary. And I feel that n- now more than ever, because we're going through, no, nobody of nobody can deny, we're going through a really difficult time in the world and the country. I think now more than ever, we have to have recourse to the Blessed Virgin Mary, such that uh, Padre Pio would often say, give me my weapon, give me my weapon, and someone say, well, what do you want a weapon? You want a, you want a pistol or a gun? No, 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 my weapon, my weapon, what's that? It's the rosary. 
And I believe that now in these difficult times that we're going through, we have to have that weapon, and that weapon has to be the Most Holy Rosary. And the Blessed Virgin Mary is is so very powerful if we can entrust ourselves to her powerful, powerful intercession. So I thought I would just recount that story of Bartolongo related to Brother Dave. I mean, he was saved from the Muslims. Once he started to talk, I thought, boy, I, I think I'd be afraid if oh, I were yeah. in the hands of Muslims. But <laughs> the Blessed Mother is powerful, <laughs> very powerful. Yeah, yeah thanks for the, the call. And uh, we're going to take more of your calls coming up in just a moment. Need to take a quick time out from the program, but we will be right back. And if you'd like to join the conversation, you can call 888-914-9149. That's our number here, 888-914-9149, here on The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Ed Broom, a priest of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. And we'll have more of your calls right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at RelevantRadio.com. The Inner Life with Josh Raymond on Relevant Radio. Welcome back, and we are speaking today about our Blessed Mother, about praying the rosary with our spiritual director, Father Ed Broom, and Father Broom is a priest of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, and we're taking your calls, and let's go to Joseph, who is listening in Santa Fe uh, Springs, California. Hi, Joseph. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi, Josh. Hi, Father. I am just calling. Yeah, probably started for me about five years ago when I lost my sight and started dialysis and I was kind of in and out of church and, you know, not consistent with it. And then probably started January 2020 before the pandemic started. You know, I started a devotion to the rosary. And then um, when Lent had begun 2020, but the pandemic started, you know, all the churches closed over here and kind of discouraged me. But I had the rosary kind of help me get through it and help me through the anxiety of this whole thing. and this got me through um, this everything with continued strength from being in, going fast three times a week and just um, helping me through everything in life, helping me know the truth and open my mind through to everything that's um, true. And now we, I say the rosary every day about four or five times and we say it every day with our rosary group with our family and friends every day on Zoom. And it's just just been a a godsend and a guiding line and and my strength every day. It's very, very beautiful because even though you've lost your physical sight uh, through this, uh, the problem with your health, uh, it seems as if as a result of this, God is giving you many, many graces because your spiritual sight is becoming much more clear and uh, the Blessed Mother is very close to you now more than ever. Um, beautiful, beautiful poetic images we have for Mary related to light. Mary's known as um, Mary's the Stella Matis. Mary's the star of our sea. Mary's also Stella Matutina. That means that Mary is the star of the morning. Mary is the, the star of the new evangelization. So 
even though um, the physical the physical sight is not present there, God can give you deep, deep insight. And um, one last idea is this: is that as Catholics, we have to understand the fact that even though um, we have to suffer, uh, suffering if we unite our suffering to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his cross, and Mary who stood beneath the cross, that our suffering has infinite value. So really invite you, uh, Joseph, uh, in this time uh, in which you're suffering physically to uh, place your suffering in the hands of Mary who suffered at the foot of the cross, the stop at Mater, and place your suffering in the hands of Mary and her heart, and she'll give your suffering to the heart of Jesus and this will be a means by which um, many souls can be saved because uh, our Lord uh, willed to save the world by means of his passion, death, and resurrection. So you may, you may even experience a, a more tender, intimate uh, relationship with Mary now more than ever because uh, especially when the children, when our, when, when, when our children are, are suffering, when they're wounded, when they're going through difficult times, that's when the Blessed Mother is closest to us. That's why we cry, we cry out to Mary as our as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So uh, I'll pray for you and invite you to pray for Relevant Radio. Pray for us and pray. Offer your 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 suffering for. Um, you know, Lady of Fatima said to the children, uh, Jacinta, Francis, and Lucia, that. Many souls can be saved when we pray, pray the rosary, but also we offer up our sacrifices. And your sacrifices, your suffering will have, I really believe it's going to have infinite, infinite value with respect to the redemption of many souls. So you're in our prayers, and God bless you, and keep up the good work and praying your many rosaries for, with, your, with your group and with your family. Yes. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Joseph, and uh, just being an encouragement to so many others listening out there. We're speaking with Father Ed Broom, our spiritual director today, and talking about praying the rosary, how it makes a difference in our life. And uh, Father Broom, I think we might have somebody who can share a little bit more of how the rosary has made a difference in your own life. We've got, it looks like your mom is calling in, uh, Joan in Vero Beach, Florida. Hi, welcome to the program here today. (laughs) Well, hi. (laughs) Thank you for letting me take my call. That's what everybody says. Uh, I just have a couple comments. Uh, One, uh, I think it's so important to start the children with rosaries. Uh, Young, I used to have a, a group, it's called the Block Rosary, and Father Ed was a young kid then, and uh, people, members, women would come to the house for a short visit with just the rosary, and we'd pray the rosary, and he'd be out playing, he'd run in and join us. So it, I really think a lot of vocations uh, come from the rosary, because Our Lady, she's the one that brings really, uh, really does come and bring the rosary to, um, I'm getting lost here, but... Another thing is that I wanted to uh, mention, like, uh, the intercession of Our Lady of Tina is such a, a powerful uh, example of just with Jesus or anything will answer Our Lady. Didn't, he didn't make any more comments with her, uh, any questions at Tina. He just, you know, when she said that, that was it, you know. So I wanted to say one more thing. Um, 
I have a Baptist lady, a black lady that uh, is helping me, and uh, she sees me walking around the rosary in my house. So she was asking me, she said, what, tell me about this lady, uh, this Mary, uh, Blessed Mother. She said, I don't, you know, I never say Blessed Mother. And I said, well, uh, I tried to think of something simple. And I said, well, uh, it's kind of like, what if you fell down and you hurt yourself and there was a father or your mother standing there, uh, if you were hurt, who would you run to? Oh, and she said, well, my mother. Well, I said, that's a little bit like Catholics. And so it seemed to be something that uh, she seemed to understand. And then I have a lot of books about our blessed mother here, and so she's been reading them and reading uh, everything about our blessed mother, asking so many questions. Joan, I'm I'm just going to jump in really quick because we're down to our last couple of minutes here, and so I'm really sorry to cut you off, but I wanted to let Father Broom just respond for a couple moments before we did run out of time. Go ahead, Father. Yes. Um, I, I would encourage all of us to follow what John Paul II said in his uh, document, The Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary, and he says uh, we should pray especially for two intentions. And he says that we should pray for the family and we should pray for the world. And John Paul II actually quotes the famous uh, rosary priest, and his name is Father Patrick Payton, family that prays together, stays together. And then Father Patrick Payton also said that a, a world at prayer is a world at peace. So I invite all of our our uh, relevant family members to to get in the habit of praying praying the rosary, pray the family rosary for your family, for the families of the world and that in this world that there would there would be peace. Right. So uh that would be my my invitation to all of those in relevant relevant radio family to to start to pray the rosary and form a habit of praying the rosary on a daily basis. And through the intercession of Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, God will bless all of you most abundantly, I'm sure, through the intercession of Mary Most Holy, the Mother of God, the Mother Church, and our Mother, too. And, Father, we are down to about our last 30 seconds here. Could I ask you to give all of our listeners out there a final blessing? Yes. Through the intercession of Mary, the Mother of God, Mary, the Queen of the Angels, Queen of Saints, Mary, the Queen of the Rosary, may God bless all of you with a lot of peace, joy, long life, and eternal life in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Ed Broom, thank you so much for being our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. And again, as Father Broom was talking about, uh, you know, make sure you do pray that rosary with your family. Pray for the family. Pray for the world. It'll make such a big difference in our own communities, our own hearts. And I want to invite you again, if you have the opportunity to send me an email with the prayer intentions that you might have coming up this Friday, we're going to start a novena to St. Joseph here on The Inner Life. So you can send any of your prayer intentions to innerlife at relevantradio.com. And of course, stay tuned. We've got Mass that is coming up next. Father Edward Looney is the celebrant. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you back here again tomorrow. 
sometimes just before the sun comes up and goes down, your favorite Relevant Radio station may be a little bit difficult to get on the actual radio, so you can just head over to our Relevant Radio app. Relevant Radio, always crystal clear on the Relevant Radio app.